Before we get to the episode today, I want to thank our sponsor, Surf Prep Sanding. Whether you're looking for the highest quality of sanders, dust extractors, or abrasives, Surf Prep has what you need to take your project to the next level. I've been using Surf Prep for a couple of years now and know firsthand the quality of their products. The amazing family who stands behind their brand is by far the best in the industry. Use code MAKERLOUNGE, all one word, for 10% off your order at surfprepsanding.com. Thank you to Surf Prep for sponsoring today's episode. And head over to Surf Prep and show them some love. Use that code, MAKERLOUNGE, all one word, for that 10% off. Had a few people uh, reach out and are interested in their product, so let me know if you have any questions. Also, thank you to our patrons. We've got a number of top-tier patrons uh, that we'll be mentioning at the end of the episode. But we have three new Rockstar patrons that signed up. Dave Garcia, Mike Holmes with Broken Lead Woodworks, and Dennis from Stark's Lagoon. He's from Sweden. So uh, thank you to those Rockstar patrons. If you want to become a patron and get early access to these episodes and lots of other fun stuff, head over to patreon.com slash Podcast. We're going to be doing a recording this coming week from WorkbenchCon. And so we'll be doing that live and in, uh, inviting any of the Patreon members. So hopefully we'll see you there. This episode will be coming out while we're probably having fun at Workbench. So at WorkbenchCon, when we are doing the live recording with Surf Prep and the Patreon members are all going to be invited, we're also going to have Joseph with Jojax uh, producing that episode live. So I don't have to press any of these crazy buttons. I can just enjoy the episode. <laughs> Welcome to the lounge. I'm Matt with Voltner Woodworking and your host of the Maker Lounge podcast, where we have a rotating group of makers hanging out and talking shop with each other. His wife told him he needed a hobby, which I know from experience is wife code for we need new furniture. <laughs> from steam bending to complex joinery, I've never seen someone make complicated builds look so easy. I binge watched his YouTube channel for about six hours and instantly doubted whether I was even a woodworker. <laughs> the, the dad jokes in his videos would make mine sound like stepdad jokes. The only guy I feel comfortable saying nice curves to is here in the lounge. Nick Sawyer with Sawyer Designs. Thanks for joining me. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, Matt. Nice curves. Uh, you know, I get that a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. So tell me about uh, what you build in your in your shop for those who ha aren't following you, which is probably very few at this point. Yeah, I guess my value prop that I have landed on is bent wood and I anything from bent lamination recently took up some steam bending. Um, just, I guess when I started, it was sort of like, what's the next hardest thing. And I just kind of didn't stop that mentality. So some crazy stuff and yeah, anything wood and any piece of furniture you can think of. I think I've hit about everything by now. Yeah. Yeah, you, you do, like I mentioned, you do some very complex builds. Uh, you know, your your process has got to be a lot different than the average woodworker, where you outline what you're planning on doing, and then you think, how can I level up my previous build? Yeah, I would hope my process is a little bit different um, because my process is super tedious and slow, and I, yeah, I it's 
it's rewarding, but at times it is super frustrating. So, and sometimes it takes months to like land on the right combination of, uh, you know, design options and different configurations to make sure that what I'm going to end up with is something that I won't read in the comments how it is for the next (laughs) lifetime. Do you, do you find that you come up with an idea and then you just, you marinate on it and then it, it evolves before you even start cutting wood? Um, so typically I guess the way that I work best in an ideal world is I think about something, um, I draw it on paper and my drawing, like my drawing skills, I are pretty crap. (laughs) So, (laughs) and it's just like a laborious uh, process. So I usually start with like four lines and I think about how those lines are like, living together and I'll redraw those four lines and redraw them until I'm like, I don't know, they just sort of like nest together correctly. Um, and then I pull sort of that outline and that uh, wireframe, um, I guess you would call it into CAD and I do all of my design work in there. Okay. Um, so you start on paper and then move it into CAD. I do. Yeah. Yeah. More so just to get, yeah, the feel for the overall structure. And like the last one I did, I think, so I thought I was done with it. And then I presented it as a final to the client and we decided like, maybe there are some more options that we need to explore. I think I ended up at like 62 um, different iterations of the same design. Wow. That's, that's crazy. So I, I heard you on another podcast. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but I think you had mentioned, uh, charging for your design work before you start building something or start doing that. And now, now I can see why, if you're doing 60 iterations of something that is not free time. Yeah. Especially if somebody doesn't buy a piece of furniture. So now actually I do have a design time built into my pricing, I'd like to get more for that time, Mm -hmm. but, uh, at least it's there. And typically what I'll do is I'll get a deposit before I start, take it from paper to a computer. If I think it will be helpful in like selling the project, I will put it into cab. But what I found is a half-assed, half-baked idea. Like my iteration one of anything is pretty rough and it's just kind of get the are we on the same page? Are we headed in the right direction? Are you liking this at all? Or they're like, no, I, wow, that's uh, totally <laughs> opposite of what I had in mind. So yeah, it, iteration one typically is the MVP, the minimally viable product. And then I expand as we get closer. Yeah. I mean, some of them start out way different than they end. It's, it's a, uh, it's an interesting process and I've found that there's just no shortcut to starting over and building it from the bottom up Yeah, over and over again. Wow. So you'll have one design iteration, put it or, or a couple different design iterations and then end up in a totally different direction by the time the client's ready to move forward. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. How many projects are you doing in a typical year at this point? Trying to get one big one done a month. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm usually staggering sort of the design process at the end 
sort of after I get all the hard things done, I start there's a design process on the next one. Um, so I can like sand and finish and all that, um, tedious work. Um, uh, I don't have to, it doesn't occupy so much part of my brain. Um, and I work into the, the next design. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for one big one a month. And then I also do one like small one. I found, I finally found a format on YouTube that's been, uh, really working well that, uh, Oh, enough cutting boards make this instead series. I love that. That is, that's great. I love that. Yeah. If you've made, uh, if you've made one cutting board, you've made a hundred cutting boards. I feel, (laughs) well, maybe if you've made 10, if you've made 10 cutting boards, usually your first one's crap. (laughs) (laughs) All mine have been crap, (laughs) which is why you started this series. (laughs) <laughs> like hey look what i can do better than a cutting board <laughs> oh I, I think it started because i saw somebody do uh, like ten thousand cutting boards which honestly was pretty cool to watch yeah um uh but i you know it's i have a hard time just like getting stoked about okay i need to make an eight minute video and make this interesting right small stuff uh i just as soon as i get to a part like you've seen me sand for two seconds you've seen all the sanding you need to see <laughs> right right i i think uh, are you talking about devos i think is his name uh he, he yeah. started a business that that he, he would all of a sudden he just out of nowhere he made like thousands and thousands of cutting boards yeah and it seemed like it was like crowdfunded if i remember yeah. correctly mm-hmm. like pre-ordered yeah yeah I watched that video and cause I have been, I made cutting boards. It's kind of like when I got my CNC and my laser, I was like, Oh, you know, cutting boards. Perfect. And, um, you know, after about my 500th cutting board, I was like, I'm okay if I never make another cutting board again. So that's why I really appreciate that, that series that you put out and you do that every weekly or. Are you- oh, I wish I had the bandwidth to do that okay. weekly. Uh, eventually I need to get some editing help or something. I just, yeah, it's, yeah, I am pulling on a lot of strings right now trying to get this to scale. So, yeah, I, well, I guess the reason why it seems like weekly is because like I was chatting with you the other night and I was like, man, I'm binge watching this, this stuff. And just like I was, I got in this rabbit trail of, of watching those. It was very entertaining. Uh, yeah, I, I think everyone on YouTube's doing some simple stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I feel like YouTube is all about doing you and doing it in a way that isn't just an, you know, a different rendition of somebody else. It's finding something unique about it. Yeah. And so mine is dirty jokes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, it seems to be working as, well. As it went further and further back into the channel, I, I noticed that those were fewer and far between. Uh, so that's that's been more of a an evolution. Yeah, it's been a comfort level thing too. Like staring at a camera lens and trying to pretend like you're talking to somebody and you get zero feedback. Yeah, um, I kind of feed off of those around me, and that was it's. I've had a long learning curve mm-hmm. getting YouTube up. Yeah. <laughs> So for the for the listeners who haven't checked that out yet, uh, he's got Nick's got a great uh, series that is essentially uh, like instead of making a cutting board for somebody, make this other thing instead, uh, like a knife block or a drawer sorter or something like that. And you know, it's it's things like I think your one of your punchlines is you know most of your cutting boards are too nice and nobody's using them or something like that to that effect. And uh, so yeah, it's it's 
their creative, you know, options for people instead of just getting because there's if you look on Etsy, that's all you see is cutting boards. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, there's got to be I, I needed a way to put out more content. And like, I just really needed something that was uh boiling down what my channel is and what people seem to be responding to really well and just doing the like simplest version of that. So all of the simple ones, I'm trying to put just like something in there that has a little bit of like my flair, you know, a little extra attention to detail that might something you can't buy off, you know, a shelf at the store. So, yeah. Well, for example, your, your uh, cabinet, your drawer sorter for your, your silverware, most people would have taken them over to the, you know, saw the, the sander and sanded them down. You're like, no, this is a perfect opportunity for uh, pulling out a, a, a hand plane or whatever. Exactly. Like, oh, living dangerously. <laughs> if I took a hand plane to it, I mean, I'd end up with <laughs> toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> so your your hand tool uh, work, your hand tool game is is on point. Uh, for those of of you who haven't checked out his his page, uh, Nick incorporates a lot of hand tools. Um, you know, planes. How many planes would you say that you have? Ten. Okay, that's a question. I, I don't. Uh, yeah. One, two, ten-ish. Four, eight, ten-ish. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I really use like three on the day to day. Yeah. So, what's your favorite chisels? Uh, Hand planes. What's your favorite hand tool? It probably would have used to have been chisels. I've cut enough dovetails. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> dovetails. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm doing pocket holes from now on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know. A handsaw is pretty uh, satisfying to use. I I would say my favorite thing that i reach for the most is probably a block plane okay yeah or my number four smoother uh i'm more of a modern uh woodworker so i'm more into like the you know get something because i i only do this on the weekends um and so for me i'm like do it as fast as i can because like your project that you took six months on would have taken me six years <laughs> man that was a push at the end i <laughs> I have never spent so long thinking about something. That thing was so complicated. So tell me about the that process, that project. So I was, I guess when I first started woodworking, it was, I want to make something look cool. And then I found that there can be more than just like that. You can tell a story through a project and maybe that story, you know, speaks to something gained or, uh, you know, celebrate something gained, like speaks to something lost, uh, or kind of just takes you on a journey. Um, and so that one, I really sat down. I was like, okay, if I am ever going to like scale the educational portion of this media side, I really need to come up with some like strict framework for which I can build 
uh, courses like about design and like everything that leads up to the video um, about. So I just sat down. I was like, okay, how the hell does my brain work? And I was like, okay, so the the bedroom dresser bedroom bedroom i'm thinking like like our bedroom's sort of like dark and like moody all right dark and moody like what do i think of like ocean waves mm-hmm. um, bedroom like sexy sultry and i landed on a shark and hey, save like, some well, of that for the after show <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will do that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I just kind of like took it on. I, I made this just brain tree of stuff I was thinking of and I landed on a design and I, I, I typically try to separate out the design portion and the execution portion, which is continually bit me in the Um, <laughs> but it ends up with some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and figuring out how to get curves on curves at that scale. Um, the thing ended up at seven foot. I'll drop you some pictures or something. Maybe you can overlay them here. Yeah, that'd be great. So it was it was uh, inspired by a blue shark, right? This uh, dresser that you're talking about. Or, yep. Yep. And um, uh, the thing I love about that build was, you know, you're kind of midway through the project. And you're like, oh. Yeah, speaking of the curves, you're like, oh, now this curve is a complex curve that I, I mean, you, I'm sure you had thought about it, but it was like, now it comes to the execution portion of it. Like, how do I accomplish this 14.2 degree curve or something, you know, <laughs> obscure. Yeah. And uh, the thing I love about it is that you show that process, like kind of what's happening in your head, because it brings the humanity to the channel that you don't get on a lot of channels. So uh, as a viewer, I appreciate that because it makes me feel like I said in the intro, I said, after watching your channel, I thought, am I even a woodworker? Like, (laughs) yeah, it seems like everyone uh, can relate to that like struggle. So um, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, most people, when they get into a build, uh, you know, if they've, if they've drawn it out on, you know, SketchUp or something like that, or hand drawn it and, most people are not doing the complex builds like you're doing. It's, you know, square corners, it's 90s, it's 45s, sometimes 60s or something like that. Um, but I think you you tend to challenge yourself. At least what I saw in the evolution of watching your stuff. And I, I, wa- I watched it backwards. I watched your most current stuff and then went started going back. And I could see the reverse uh, of, of what your evolution was. You know, as you're thinking about your next project that's coming up. Are you, so you're building on all the other things that you've, that you've learned. Are you building in margin and time for those challenges, those changes coming up? I don't worry about time. Okay. Um, it takes as long as it's going to take. Um, I'd rather build a portfolio that represents the best of my ability at the moment that I built it rather than the trade of and compromise of my time. Mm. So I, I almost never bill for time. It It, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I would say the, actually the execution part part takes not as much time as I think it's going to the 
like consideration and like every aspect. I could probably solve some of this in CAD, uh, spending more time in the design portion, but I, I usually get to a certain place where it's like, okay, this is going to depend on the step before. And like, I don't know how that's going to end up. So it does mean no good to spend a ton of time in CAD and like perfect it here because uh, once you translate some of this, especially I don't have a CNC, so I'm cutting all my curves and fairing them by hand. Um, at a certain point, I can just throw my, you know, my plans or my drawings away and I just sort of wing it from there. Yeah. So you, you got involved in uh, steam bending. Um, you were doing like bent lamination and stuff kind of early on, I think. And then I just did one with steam. Yeah. Okay. So what's compare the two, uh, do you prefer just the bent lamination? I don't know. The, so steam bending seems there are some cool parts about it that I enjoy. Um, such like you can carve into it and you're not exposing those layers, uh, mm. those glue lines, it's a little more freeform. It's kind of like chair making, uh, chair making in my opinion is sort of like, I don't know, like you could be stoned and make a chair, <laughs> um, where That'd be an interesting chair. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried um, making chairs. FYI, <laughs> it didn't go so well. <laughs> <laughs> I've done one. Okay. Well, I guess two, um, but yeah, there, there, there's like, there's a looseness about it. Like you can just sort of like, ah, you know, there's like a by hand and by eye, that whole uh, thing um, where bent lamination is like the, it speaks to the, the anal retentive uh, OCD Adderall <laughs> guzzling motherfucker inside of me. Um Ding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm prepared for you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you want it to look like you put it in CAD and you want everything to be precisely how you intend it to be, then bent lamb. Okay. If there's some margin for like this curve can be whatever it ends up at. Cool. Steam bin. Also, I don't know, like I can see the appeal in steam bending too, but it takes the same setup as far as like a bending structure. Um, it takes a hell of a lot more like force and different setup to bend around that structure. Then you have to leave it on like a cooling form for it to come back to level relative humidity with the shop. So mm. I, I find it a lot slower of a process. Um, Bent lamb is a uh, crap ton more work. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to keep uh, my finger on that button. <laughs> <sighs> I'm trying. No, you're good. <laughs> I don't, I, you could see it boiling up and you're like, just say it. Be you. Yeah. You're fine. <laughs> more time in post edit for me. I'll be at work, Pinchcon. I got nothing to do. <laughs> Um, I've had a lot of fun, like figuring out fun ways to cover up, uh, different ways. Did you get to, did you get back far enough to get to the, the vinyl bag and, um, opening thing that well, people I, I, love? I've seen, I've seen your most recent ones and I, I probably, you know, eight or 10 
videos back, maybe something like that, where you've probably seen some vinyl bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you started to to say, oh, that just doesn't sound the same. So I do have to go kind of go back because I think you've you've changed your process in the lamination. Yeah, I just got a different bag, yeah. um, and the old one sounded funnier um <laughs> but then i got bored of how it sounded so i started overlaying like goats bleeding and uh fart noises just immature stuff you know some somebody once told me farts equal funny and that just stuck with me you know you, you can't yeah. go wrong no matter how old you are yeah well i i do want to talk to you about uh working with uh you know some of the brands that you work with and and stuff like that and uh, maybe we'll catch some of that in more of the the after show. Uh, but you know, tell me about you know if you're doing a build that is uh, you're doing a build a month essentially with maybe some stuff sprinkled in there, and you're doing this full time, like as your as your main source of income. So tell me a little bit about your pricing model and how you kind of structure uh, your builds. It's gotten a lot more complicated since I started making videos about them because uh, it's like do I charge by the week do I uh, up you know upcharge my materials um, there's no way I can keep track of hours filming just takes a lot longer um, so right now I'm I'm estimating um, how long it would take to build it if I wasn't filming it and I do sort of a base um, by like weekly studio time plus materials, um, with a 50% markup that'll cover my, my overusage, my waste, mm -hmm. um, and incidentals, uh, expendables. And then, uh, the design time on top of that, which is hundred dollars an hour. Okay. That one I do trade my time for. Right. Yeah. So when you do this, are you, um, and you say you don't necessarily worry about time, like how many projects do you have in a queue essentially? Uh, so I actually cut off my commissions. I am pretty much full for this year. Okay. I don't know where business is going to be in a year. Honestly, I'd like to quit taking commissions altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, I crossed a hundred thousand on YouTube and all of a sudden I kind of don't need it. Yeah. Um, Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thanks, That's man. Awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it's difficult where as soon as this the video sponsor, which I'd like to be more industry partners, but so far I've been working with ad agencies typically on Silicon Valley startups that are selling something by subscription base, um, Simply Safe, HelloFresh, that kind of thing, and just doing an ad integration. But as soon as that like threshold crossed, um, like exceeded what the project is uh you know earning it felt like i was prioritizing the sponsor and their their like ad integration portion and their schedule and their deadlines um and it wasn't coming at cost at a cost too but i was definitely like having to come up with stuff really quickly to like shove in because i wasn't willing to do something quickly or wrong or rush it mm -hmm. um, in order to, you know, meet the sponsor deadline. Cause the sponsor, I'm a dime a dozen on YouTube, but the person who I'm making this for has to live with it forever. So right. 
um, I want that portion to be right. Also, it, it'll be fun to be able to work on like my own portfolio. I s- feel like I'm I'm on the cusp of really understanding my like quote unquote style, mm-hmm. uh, which is hard to find. But uh, yeah, it, I'd like to really flesh that out. Yeah. So your your portfolio consists mostly of bent lamination and and curvature and things like that. Does that fall within your future plans for your design portfolio? Or are you looking to, to do something a little bit different to add into the portfolio? Like, are you going to double down? Yeah, I I am at the point where I really like where I'm headed. Uh, I need to find some more efficiency in the process, whether that is putting a CNC in the shop to cut out forms, um, hiring somebody to do some of the like setup that doesn't make the video anyways. Um or, I mean, there's a lot of places to outsource, um, sort of and free up my time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I definitely want to do more bent stuff, but I'm not like opposed to doing a box. Um, I, this year I have planned to put out my first video course. It'll be a toolbox. I might put like bent lamp poles on it or something, but it's going to go under my OG Rubo and I don't know, some like crazy bent thing probably doesn't vibe with that. So I'll probably just do a box. That makes it easy too. makes it a little more. Well, I know you're not going to vi- do just a box. Like it's going to be a, oh, yeah. it's, it's going to be a, a Sawyer <laughs> designs box, which is going to definitely have a lot of bells and whistles, hidden drawers, maybe possibly. Yeah. I definitely, uh, hidden would be cool. Um, I'll probably focus on like just detail-y stuff. Yeah. A hidden liquor cabinet, hidden um, gun cabinet. <laughs> there we go. I've, yeah. I've done both of those. Yeah. Um, the internet hates guns. Right. Yeah. You're not going to get uh, um, monetized on that video, right? Yeah. I don't know. That's just, I'm, I'm kind of a people pleaser and I couldn't believe how many people we're up in arms. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> or or not up in arms. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Nerf guns. Maybe you could you know <laughs> do the video for Nerf or something. <laughs> yep. Um yeah, that would be fun. Nerf. Yeah. Um, you know, totally down to discuss this. If you happen to be listening, Nerf, you know, know what to gets, do. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh reach. Yeah. Uh didn't Jimmy do? Yeah. To- yeah. So I had yeah. him on, he was talking about um I think like guns and knives and things like that and he did um a gatar um and oh, yeah. yeah took a a guitar and a gun and made him like a a fusion type thing and uh one of his videos didn't get demonetized but most of his other videos have got demonetized it's just uh, yeah you know gotta keep the community safe <laughs> yeah i'm at the point where um, I rely too heavily on those videos. So, right. um, uh, I like pushing buttons as much as, uh, the next person, but not to the point where, um, I <laughs> lose the station that I've worked so hard to gain. So I'll probably avoid that until I, uh, score a Netflix game. Right, right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So a lot of people, um, that I talk to, uh, you know, just like patrons and, and other folks that send me messages on the, in the, you know, for the podcast, uh, when we talk about things like going full time, that that seems to be an overwhelming majority of the people who listen to a podcast about 
making and woodworking and there are people who are heavily invested um, into this community and, and doing things. So when did you go full time into, into this whole process? Yeah. I mean, I, people put a lot of like importance on that. I don't know if it's just validation. I'd say whatever works for you, you do you boo. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm in a different place. Like when, so I'm from Boise. My wife and I were living there. I was working at Roos Chris Steakhouse, um, wearing a penguin suit every day <laughs> and uh, waiting tables. It was it was a lot of fun. I miss those days. Yeah. Um, working for tips. It's also <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty good place to work for him yeah. now. Um, <laughs> uh, and I I loved it. I started building stuff on the side and my wife finished up school and her residency put her here in Portland, Oregon. And I just decided now that she was going to be, you know, earning, um, I would just commit. I could kind of tell that I was on my way out uh, or like way towards moving to woodworking. So I don't know about the content creation side. Like it, it, I mean, as soon as you get there, you get there. Yeah. Like I, I know that grind, and it is a hamster wheel, and you just have to keep going. Uh, you got to push through the plateaus. You because there's gonna be plateaus. Mm -hmm. There's always plateaus, and just really like learn from each of the last things, and take you know the the talkers in the comments section with a grain of salt mm -hmm. but like if a lot of people are telling you i don't know i was super stubborn at the beginning like like my difference is going to be that it's not going to be me talking because i don't know how to form a sentence very well anyways <laughs> and i certainly don't know how to script anything uh, writing to be read that sounds natural like uh john makes it look easy um I can't do that. I look like I'm reading off a screen. Mm -hmm. So, um, <laughs> it's definitely an art form. Um, yeah, I used to get in front of the, the camera and I would just talk about the thing, right? I would just kind of, because you know what you're talking about, but a lot of the times you, and even in the podcast, when I listen back to these episodes, I'm like, I said something in five sentences, like I said in one you know, learning to be more concise. So when I go through the editing process, I mean, it just butcher the hell out of that thing. And so, yep. um, this, the video that I posted today, I, that was the first video that I, and we talked a little bit in the pre-show, but that's the first video that I've ever done that I wrote the title and thumbnail and then scripted out after that and had to constantly refer back to why people clicked on the title and thumbnail, which is something I've never done before. And so speaking of plateaus, that's, you know, that's the only flat surface I work on is YouTube. <laughs> it just, you know, making, making a, you know, you hit a little bit of a stride and then it just plateaus. It's like, okay, what can I do to make it better? Yeah. Um, always looking for that next shakeup. Like I, I started out and I, I am, I don't know how to say that. Like, um, I like to party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. I like EDM. Like I like cutting to music. Um, I loathe ha uh, editing in general. So having you know beat edit loaded into Premiere and just like 
cutting on the beats. Yeah. Um, it made it like an easy way for me to go. Mm. I realized that's probably not the market segment that I'm trying to reach. Um, I was trying to branch out into something like more my age, like thirties and un, like 30 and under. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people watching woodworking are like 40 or older. Right. So I've tried to tone it back a little bit and that's been a huge thing that has really made a big difference. Um, I was stubborn for a long time, but as soon as I toned it back, all of a sudden everything is, it went from, you know, 30,000 average, uh, my last seven or 250,000 view average. So That's great. Yeah. I, I had to pivot because I typically like to build music into mine as well. And so I, the last two videos, I haven't had any music in because I would get the comments like, the music is distracting, you know, and you can, you can just tell what, who's writing that comment, <laughs> you know, it's just the people who, I just want the information. Just give me, just cut to the chase, you know, get to the information, which that's total, totally relevant, right? Like you do need to get cut to the chase. Sure. If it's educational, I could see that. Yeah. Um, I think the broader uh, audience and the broader appeal is where you're kind of hanging on the fence next to educational and entertaining. Mm -hmm. Um, I found it interesting. My last video, I did almost zero music. And then I went through and I took screenshots of every comment from all of the video from that one uh, and compared it to all the videos before. And people are just going to bitch like Mm -hmm. uh, the one I had no music. People were like, hey, where's the beats? (laughs) Um, And then uh, about 50 Actually, exactly 50% of the comments on all the videos before that were the negative ones stand out, obviously, but there was an equal number of comments saying that they liked the music choices. So I think I'm just going to go with some will, some won't, and mm-hmm. I will know that those may receive a few comments. But honestly, I, I think you're barking up the wrong tree if you're trying to please every single person. Yeah. That's great advice. I mean, you, you said it a few minutes ago is, you know, you got to make, if you're launching full time or whatever in that style, you've got to do what makes you happy. If you're doing video and you hate video editing and music makes you happy, then make videos with, with music. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, in the evolution of your, your projects that you did from like your first, and I should have gone back and watched your first upload. You you, you, oh, you God, told me don't. you told me not to, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. I respected that because I didn't want to bring that into this conversation. <laughs> I want to talk about today, but uh, so tell me about you know if you go back and watch that video, what's your what's your initial reaction to your evolution from that time to now? Uh, that my audio has gotten a hell of a lot better. Um, I'm colorblind, um, and my, my subjective rather than objective color correction from log footage to, um, uh, rec 709, um, and really color balancing all the way around the shop and getting those, that, mm-hmm. that dynamic range is, uh, really improved. Um, when I first started and I think probably just, I didn't know any better. I was blowing out all my highlights, um, 
really bringing down that like IRE to the five to 90 range and um, produces a pretty pro looking image. Okay. So uh, about the color blindness, does it affect your, um, your style, your, your like what woods are going to work together or anything like that? How do you overcome that challenge? So tones, I can see tones. Um, when I first got started, I bought these like 16 quarter chunks of walnut out of, they were like out of Michigan. He had them at some trade show in Boise and I had them resawn, made it into uh, the table, put a, made a base for it, delivered it. And the interior designer was like, wow, that is really red. Oh, lady, this is a walnut. What are you talking about? (laughs) And the uh, homeowner comes in. She goes, wow, that's really red. Oh, no. (laughs) Like, well, I got news for you guys. Where's my paycheck? see that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They ended up buying, paying for material. I donated the the time to redo the top. Luckily, it was just a tabletop. It didn't take long. Like, I tried correcting it with pistachio green. Mm -hmm. And like I said in pictures, like, I don't know. Uh, I saw green and red, you know, does this look better? They're like, no. And then I went with black. Um, and that also just looked like poo. So yeah, I ended up redoing it and like, it was a good lesson. I definitely do. If I'm working with walnut, especially, um, I will definitely send some like samples and tones, particularly if I'm working with an interior designer, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've worked with a few Which, interior designers and I mean they're they're great because a lot of the times they hand you the design that you need to do but then it also you can't be as creative. Uh so there's that trade-off. Yeah, I hate working with interior designers. I'll be happy if I never have to again. Yeah. Um they love using like stain on walnut <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> just stupid bullshit off of Pinterest that they saw and want it recreated. And yeah. I just, I'm not here for that. Yeah. Life's, life's too short to rip off Pinterest designs. <laughs> hey, that's how we all get started though. Right. Like, it uh, is. you know, you always get the person who sends you the design and like, and, and they always crop out the price and uh, <laughs> they say, Hey, can you build like this? Reverse image search. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they don't know we're smarter than they are. Uh, they'll send you, send me a design and like, Hey, can you make this? I'm like, Oh sure. I said, but I'm not going to beat the price at, you know, X and I'll send him the link. And they're like, they instantly know like, Hey, I know you're trying to get a better price and that's why you're asking if I can build it. Otherwise you would have bought this project already. (laughs) Yeah. But you're doing more complex things that you can't buy at home goods and Hobby Lobby and stuff like that. So I think you're in a safe space if people, if, yeah. if they know your portfolio, that is. Yeah. I've worked pretty hard to put myself in a place that doesn't get a lot of tire kickers or doesn't look, they're not looking for um, somebody to beat a price. Right. Um, if somebody does reach out for that, um, I'm super straightforward in my first email. Like there are a thousand people who can do this cheaper than I can. Mm-hmm. Um, Good, good, fast, uh, cheap, and the only one that I'm going to do is good. <laughs> yeah, 
and my caveat is unique. I want it to be, I want to write one of one on the bottom of it and be able to sleep at night knowing that that's not going to be recreated. Um, and it was an original design. Hey, so on this podcast, um, I know you've listened to a couple of the, the episodes and we play a game on this podcast. And one that I like to do when it's kind of one-on-one is cover a lot of ground, uh, playing a game called rapid fire. So I'll basically say something and you just say the first thing that comes to your mind. So okay, I'm ready. if you're like me, the first thing that comes to your mind is not usually the first thing that you say. <laughs> so, so maybe for you, say the second thing that comes to your mind. She <laughs> can't say that. On yeah. There. Um... Okay. Uh, second question. <laughs> uh, all right. So it's just a good way for people to get to know uh, you a little bit more. And it's, you know, we, we can cover a lot of different things. So I've got probably, well, I don't know. Depends on how much we talk about them, but between five and eight of them so cool first one uh process or final product oh final product yeah yeah but i mean like Uh, the harder the process the more rewarding the final product for me um uh, yeah Uh, i like when it the process hurts a lot Mm. In retrospect, I enjoy it. (laughs) Maybe just like a little bit. (laughs) Well, you do fantastic final product shots. So to me, when somebody does that, you know, a lot of people, they'll, you see all of their build process and then you never get to see the final product because they're, you know, sending it off or whatever. But you, you, you build that into, because your, your portfolio is important to you. Uh, It is. I mean, it kind of sucks as a woodworker that everything you put all your time into goes out the door and you never see it Mm -hmm. again. Um, and people buy what they see. They don't assume you can do anything. So if you want to sell something, um, and you want to sell something different than what you're making, then you have to make that thing. Uh, typically I have not had a lot of luck with doing, um, spec pieces. So, um, having a wide breadth of design um, and showcasing it in a way that really like makes the thing look its best, not sitting in a, you know, green tinted fluorescent shop that is cluttered everywhere, uh, surrounded by shavings. Yeah. Probably doesn't like your eye doesn't go to that first. They're thinking, wow, he's got a really messy shop. So, yeah, I think uh, finding that some way to get that across and you also get to uh, hold on to a little piece of that piece. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's your your finished shots are are fantastic. You got a a great setup for that. Uh, Something that I need to build into my into my uh, workshop. You know, nice backdrop. So I'm not, not, they're not looking at the side of shavings. So thanks, thanks for calling me out. Appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Paper roll, man. They're a hundred bucks, 10 foot wide, 30 foot long. It uh, makes a world of difference. Definitely. Uh, I think probably more so, I still crop out my backdrop and uh, Photoshop in, you know, a nice gradient. Um, Learning post has been the biggest. A game changer for me because I like m- my studio space for taking pictures is 
eight foot by <laughs> 10 foot and it's hard to shoot anything big in there. So yeah. uh, figuring out how to correct all of that, uh, you know, barrel warp and stuff and setting up lights in a small space and having to delete all the stands, all the lights that you can see in frame. And Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. Bell wasn't working. <laughs> These buttons, you know, you got to press all these crazy buttons. <laughs> Do you ever watch Angela Johnson? She's like, oh, you got to press all these, cra- got me pressing all these crazy buttons. She, uh, Is she the uh, critical? Yes. Yeah. 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 She does bone queek She's like, you got me pressing all these crazy yep. security. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. I should have my wife do a voiceover for that. She does a fantastic job. At that voiceover. <laughs> uh, okay. If you could outsource one thing, and I think you might've answered this already. If you could outsource one thing that you do today, what would it be? Oh God, probably the cutting selects and uh, color correction. Oh, okay. So uh, like on the, the editing, the video editing side. Yeah, on the wood side, probably mm, form building, everything set up. Like I really enjoy a project after it hits that point when like you can see the thing, the like the what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Everything leading up to that, I just, I just loathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say that the last 10% takes 90% of the effort. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the first 85% of the project is is miserable. It's like once you start to it starts to take shape, that's like the sweet spot. Yep. Especially when you're working out of a small space, like you're constantly like moving stuff around stuff and it's just like it 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 irks my OCD in all the wrong ways. Like I, I just it yeah, it it really stresses me mm-hmm. out. <laughs> yeah. So Tell me about your dream shop setup. Ooh. A big old iron um, for pretty much everything. Um, do you see Daryl Pert's uh, uh, shop tour? No. no. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. He, he's got like, you know, the Altendorf, no, uh, Felder slider oh, yeah. um slider like uh 16 inch uh joiner planer combo you're talking dirty i would <laughs> yeah i'd love to have my own bench room to sort of like separate out have sort of my recording studio bench room sort of like the dust no dust side um i think it would be cool to have some sort of gantry system for a moving heavy stuff around um i also think it would be really cool to have a like a overhead gantry for um video oh yeah mm-hmm. um like jib mounted that would be amazing to get all that stuff off the floor right. with a 42 inch monitor yeah <laughs> so, so you can um, see you're out of focus before you actually cut the piece <laughs> <laughs> man uh what do you shoot on uh i've got the sony a7 and which one uh it's the, it's not the A7S, three, A7 III. Okay, so I came from the A7 III. I r- recently went up to the A7 IV. The autofocus difference is night and day. Okay. Uh, I got my eyes on Blackmagic because I use that for for some other stuff that I do. It's not mine, but but the, the four has better autofocusing. Oh, it's, it's incredible. 
Um, I've got the four and the FX 30. I shoot multi-cam. Okay. Nice. Um, but yeah, I remember the, uh, the three, that's the reason I moved away from it was the autofocus right. was so unreliable. I remember just shooting entire intros and it was focused on the back wall <laughs> and I had like center focus on with eye detect. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm right yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could have drawn a circle around my eyes and it would have still missed it. <laughs> I could show a rock how to focus on me right now. Yeah. I've actually been using the, uh, the iPhone 13 a lot lately. Because um, hmm. now the, the only thing is you don't get the depth of field that makes it visually appealing, uh, you know, to, to be able to have that nice focus. But and the cinematic view is really the reason why I upgraded the iPhone. But I don't ever use a cinematic mode because it's so fake and it, it might even crop out part of your face as part of the background, you know, with a beard with a beard yeah. like this. <laughs> it has nowhere to focus. Do I focus on the beard? Do I not? <laughs> Yeah, I think there's there's like two trains of thought there. And what I saw, A, my buddy uh, Nelson, who's helped me a ton, he runs all of the content production for sort of a Peloton for CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, he, A, he got me into like the video side and away from a phone. I think there is a fair like chunk of our market segment that we're trying to present to our audience that is the what i like to call the like process pornographer (laughs) like they like to see how it goes together and they want to see it you know tack sharp Mm -hmm. and just there's it seemed like the lowest hanging fruit in our like sector of, you know, woodworker maker. Um, a lot of people shoot on their mm-hmm. phones. Nothing wrong with that. That's great. If it's working for you. Um, uh, I did it for a long time. I really enjoy watching stuff that is produced in 10 bit four two two at 250 megabits per second. And you know, uh, you can really, it just feels like you can reach out and touch right. it. Yeah, definitely. There's, you know, you, you're balancing info infotainment spectrum pretty well. Um, and that's something that, and I'm going to have um, Drew Witt on. He does some, he's really good at lighting his space. And I've, I've tried to incorporate, well, I say I've tried, I tried in this last video. <laughs> so uh, to just incorporate a little bit of that into, into my videos, just because, you know, if you've seen one workshop, you you've seen a dozen workshops, you know, I mean, there's variability, but I don't know, to me, it's just something, it feels cinematic a little bit where you're learning something, but you're not like, you don't feel like you're learning something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he does a lot of, he does all the talking head stuff, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's definitely easier to set up a, like a, a good, spot it's uh, i i shoot with all video lights um uh, in the shop but it's hard to like move around right. t- tool to tool and like set up each one and not have a shadow like that. or something yeah yeah i for all of the like talking head stuff totally mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right next one so you talked about music um like in your videos what's your favorite music to play when the cameras aren't on like just i don't know it kind of depends on where you hit me on my ha- adderall curve um 
Psytrance, Tech House, um, all EDM. Okay. I'm a little raver yeah, at heart. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, I have not seen one glow light in your shop. <laughs> <laughs> I do have underglow uh, RGB strips on my Rubo. Uh, th- yeah, well, that thing has pretty much everything. <laughs> that really pissed off people when i uh put underglow on the uh, dresser like all that oh time. yeah he's yeah. like that looks tacky uh, like go yeah yourself <laughs> not your bedroom not your right. problem yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah before we get to the next one so you have this not my finger not your fingers not your problem yeah because the safety police uh and i didn't go back in your comments i was more binging your stuff just on the tv so i I wasn't reading through the comments but i take it early on you were getting a lot of flack for the way you use a table saw and things uh more so a joiner um yeah i just hated that it like took over the whole comment section um and it's gotten like misconstrued people those who get it like understand it uh some people think i'm saying like don't be safe what i'm saying is if you know less than me don't tell me how to use my tool because as you learn more i think uh the ability of a machine also goes up Mm -hmm. so with thorough and comprehensive understanding uh your what the machine can do safely also goes up i realize that i'm i like just got tired of i'm (laughs) i quit pushing that because i got tired of explaining it like i'm not telling people to not be safe i wouldn't do anything that uh puts my fingers in in harm's way um but if somebody who is learning tries to replicate what i'm doing I can do something safely because I know where pressure needs to be and I know where my hands need to be um, in order to make that a safe thing. If somebody tries to replicate that, that doesn't know it, then I, 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 I'm coming around to more so just tired of arguing with people. (laughs) Well, Um, and if you cut off your fingers, you wouldn't be able to do the gesture you just did uh, a second ago. That also (laughs) like occurred to me at one point. Somebody's like, well, I'm just, you know, I I don't want to see that happen. Um, uh, and I was like, honestly, like that's a lot of, uh, just like to eat if I have to. Yeah. If it actually does happen. Hey, you remember that thing that I did, uh, about that. That's when you (laughs) rebrand. Yeah. (laughs) Change your last name and (laughs) rebrand. Uh, man, I got the best email from this guy the other day. Uh, he's like, your website, uh, uh, like Sawyer Furniture, uh, world-class, uh, uh, challenges, first-class, uh, photography, but your website is neither modern nor crafted. Uh, reminds me of, it says more like Fukushima, classroom of Fukushima 2011. Let me guess, Um, he was selling website uh, design. (laughs) <laughs> Neither modern nor crafted are your fingers the problem. Um, and wow. <laughs> I was like, damn, <laughs> that is that is some like compelling copy. So he's rebuilding my website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Called it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I get those uh, a lot. Hey, I've been following you for a long time. And, it, you know, I really think we can do a lot with your SEO or whatever. And I'm like, uh you don't follow anybody. Like I go to their account or whatever. I'm like, you don't, you follow a hundred people and I'm not one of them. (laughs) 
Yeah, you can spot the like canned responses. Mm-hmm. I ignore those too. Yeah. But this guy was just like um, the the type. Like I'm, I am so envious of people who can word right. well um, because I don't. And Chat uh, GPT. like good, <laughs> yeah, good copy is just there. There's nothing like it. It's a his title for the thing was a uh, fan letter of open concern. I was like, okay, I'm intrigued. That's like positive. Yeah. But like, there's a little bit of negative, like, oh, what's he concerned yeah. about? I told him, I was like, you can rebuild my website, but also can you write my video exactly. titles? Because this was so compelling. Yeah. Um, I delete five SEO offers yeah. a day. Um, it was it was a thing of beauty. That's awesome. Yeah, he could definitely. Uh, <laughs> I think you should build that into the pricing model for sure. Hey, go back and here's my five most underperforming videos. Rewrite the title. Yeah, he's a wood nerd. Like I, 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 I'm so envious of those kind of people. That's awesome. Like I went to school for science. Yeah. <laughs> science text is the most boring stuff to read. Yeah. Oh, I, I went. I did the long route to school. I did like seven years of college, and I did not get a doctor degree. <laughs> hey, I'm right yeah. there with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I graduated when I, when we had a six month old. I was like, okay, it's time. I think I think I need to graduate before she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I went into college thinking I'd be a doctor, and I decided to marry one instead. That's the way to do it. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was easier, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, just uh, let's do one more. Let me pick a good one here. Uh, what is the most useless tool in your shop? Man, that's a good question. The thing that I use... Hopefully it's not a sponsor. Say like the second thing that's nearby because the first one's probably sponsored. <laughs> um, I have some things that are pretty redundant. So I wouldn't say they're necessary use, like useless, but like the Rotex was number one in my shop until I got the, the ETSEC. Um, and now the Rotex doesn't get used that much, but I don't, wouldn't say it's useless. So probably I would say maybe my joinery bench. I don't like, it looks nice. It, it's not deep enough to cut, uh, dovetails on a, a full case depth. Um, it holds a lot of tools, uh, but the surface really just collects all of the accoutremental that piles up during the course of a right. uh, project. Yeah. Any flat surface. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you one tool that I am jealous of, and I, I think I mentioned it maybe in a comment or something, but is the Panta router. Like that thing looks. That would be. It's It's yeah. been on my list for about a year now. Um, and, you know, I've, I've just need to pull the trigger. Do you make your own um, uh, templates for him on the 3D printer or what's your method for that? I I don't have a 3D printer yet. Um, so I think we we're going to talk about brands a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. Uh, Pano router has to be my longest running and like closest relationship I have with any um, tool manufacturer. Um, they're awesome. Um, and it, I think... I would like to do some of my own templates. I actually uh, spoke with Shaper. They're sending out um, 
a unit, which I think will be really useful in the shop and making some, some templates for the panel router. Nice. Yeah. Panel router just opens up like a lot of doors for just weird stuff. Also really not weird stuff, but stuff that just takes a long time doing it by hand, more just tenons right. and especially doing like a thousand mm. of them or, you know, if you have to batch a bunch of stuff out, making face frames or something. Um, I like that it locks down. It's not as fatiguing as uh, Domino. I think Domino has its place. I use almost, I use both of them on everything Mm -hmm. um, in different places in different ways. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, uh, I I do want to kind of ask a few more questions uh, when we go to the, to the after show on that. But so any last words here before we end the, the main segment? I mean, uh, people can follow you. Uh, you could just look up Sawyer Design. I'll put the link in the show notes and uh, to both your YouTube and your Instagram. Uh, but primarily, if you want to see uh, the process, I would say your YouTube. And if you want to see the final shots, if that's if you're all about the final shots, your portfolio on Instagram it looks it's fantastic. In fact, yeah, it was so intimidating that. I think I come across your page a long time ago and looked at it and went out of my league. So I didn't, I didn't <laughs> follow you back then. It wasn't until I looked at your YouTube and I was like, holy crap. Like that's what's going on here. So yeah. I'm kind of going for that, like serious furniture, uh, but not so serious uh, maker uh, vibe, and I'm I'm trying to hit that. I would say definitely, yeah, hit hit YouTube first. That's where I'm putting a lot of my attention because it's paying my rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I haven't been putting so much towards Instagram, um, but that's kind of where I'm putting all my glory shots. Also, check out. Uh, uh, probably by the time you publish this, I might have my new site up. Uh, sawyerdesign.io and it's you can sign up for my email list where um, I'll shoot out absolutely no junk but I'll let you know when I have new stuff available Um, I just worked with a engineer we've got my first set of plans uh, just about ready to go Um, it's uh, 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 my bent Rubo workbench ended up at 67 pages with one-to-one templates. It's a, it, I don't know at what point it becomes a yeah. book. Um, but <laughs> I, I think <laughs> we're you close. Something. And then video course, uh, working on getting some simpler uh, plans together as well. I got t-shirts over there. Uh, yeah, if yeah. you want a t-shirt that says, not your fingers, not your problem, head over to sorrydesigns.io. <laughs> yep. If you uh, swear design singular. Oh, thank you. That, that's yep. a common miss um, uh, yeah it is <laughs> uh i was talking to cam at blacktail studio and he's like yeah the uh, if i had a dime for every time somebody said blacktail studios oh, like just yeah, one yeah just one studio i was like man i, I vibe with that yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but uh uh yeah uh, offensive t-shirts if you are offended by that don't put it in the comments like i get it i i understand <laughs> i i'm stopping uh, just just save yeah. it well, awesome. Uh, thank you to Surf Prep for sponsoring today's episode. If you want to uh, check them out, head over to surfprepsanding.com. I'll leave a link in the description below. Enter code MAKERLOUNGE at checkout for 10% off your order. And thank you to the 
patrons. We've got a number of patrons. I'd like to shout out the Rockstar patrons, which are top tier patrons. Uh, we've got Jimmy McAnally, Arciano, Syria. We've got Victor with Wim Design, Calvary Customs LLC, Clean Cut Woodworking, Bailey Thompson, Dave Garcia, Broken Lead Woodworks, and Stark's Lagoon. So thank you to those top tier patrons. We've only got a number of top tier patrons because we don't want the outro to be, you know, 40 names long. So if you want to be one of those top tier patrons that gets shouted out at the end of the episode, head over to patreon.com slash maker lounge podcast. Thanks so much for uh, being here, Nick. And uh, we will catch you in the after show. Dude, this has been a blast. Thanks thank for you. having me. Appreciate it.